This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to another video. So before Kenobi comes out, there's a few things that I really want to see. And one of those things is definitely some flashbacks in the Clone Wars. Now today's video is going to go over Brotherhood by Mike Chen, the new canon book taking place just after Attack of the Clones, focusing on Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is a very pivotal time in Star Wars, at least in the prequels, well, and in all of Star Wars, really. The Clone Wars have just begun, Anakin is married, he has just been promoted to Jedi Knight, and Obi-Wan has been promoted to Jedi Master. It's an interesting time for Anakin in the sense that he has to balance all of these different things, and the book goes over a lot, but there's one thing in particular, a little snippet, that I found to be really interesting because we never really know how Anakin actually feels when he is called General. And that's what we're going to find out in today's excerpt. Across the way, Anakin saw a pile of junked gunship engine pieces. A stack of them waiting as spare parts or perhaps for scrapping. Maybe a clone technician just forgot them. But he reached out, his mechanical arm up, fingers lightly spread. The very top piston trembled before lifting straight up, and Anakin swept his arm left, then right, then up again before settling it down. And while the object obeyed his command, it still lagged in both response and precision, like a starfighter's controls with slightly loose wiring. The force flowed through his body, and this arm was part of his body, synthetic or not, but it still didn't feel quite right. Now before I continue, I just want to go over how in this book it's also talking about Anakin's feelings and his thoughts regarding his new synthetic arm, because of course this takes place after episode 2 Attack of the Clones, when Anakin fought Dooku and lost his right arm. And the first time we see him with this mechanical hand is at the end of Attack of the Clones when he is marrying Padme, and they're touching fingers of course. Now something that also kind of interests me is how the only person that knows of their marriage was the person that was marrying them. And it actually goes over this in one of the books, I think it was Attack of the Clones novelization, and I may make a video on it later someday, but essentially they use different names. But here of course, even as advanced as Star Wars is in that time, 
Anakin's inorganic cybernetic hand isn't as responsive as his natural flesh would be. And this makes you wonder, if he had had his real hand, he would have been an even better fighter. And to go one step further before we continue, Vader was all machine, so you can only imagine how limited he really was, and still so powerful. Can I help you with something, General? A clone asked, General. That still didn't make sense to him, given the separation between Jedi and the Grand Army of the Republic. He'd passed trials to become a Jedi Knight, not a military leader. But he figured this was a clone commander, an individual, but still working within the parameters built into his body and mind. Whether they had the ability to move beyond that, time would tell. Though for now, he found them remarkably human in a good way. So there's a lot I want to take away from this, and it's really interesting how Anakin at this point is almost thinking like Dooku did, and like Qui-Gon did, and probably like many Jedi did. As we even saw Mace Windu say, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers, but then of course, they were really were soldiers at the end of the day. And right here, we see how taken aback Anakin is when he is called General. He had passed trials to become a Jedi Knight, not a military leader. And this is exactly why Dooku left the Jedi Council, and the Jedi in general. He felt that they had become very disillusioned and brainwashed with the Senate and the Republic. He saw where things were going, he saw how Jedi were just dying left and right for really no reason, for politics mainly. For people making decisions over, let's say, trade disputes or laws being passed or not passed. And this wasn't necessarily the job of Jedi to stand in there and pick between sides. And this is also partially how Qui-Gon thought too. And I just really like that they added this little excerpt, this little piece in there of what Anakin thought of being called a general for the first time. Or should I say the first time that we get to understand his thoughts regarding the matter. I'm sure when he was a boy on Tatooine and Qui-Gon came to him, he didn't imagine he would become a military leader, nor did he have any inclination or interest to. He wanted to become a Jedi, he wanted a laser sword, and he wanted to return to Tatooine someday and free all the slaves. So bit by bit you can really see how Anakin was becoming much more disillusioned, much more distanced from the Jedi. Even if he didn't really know it yet, he was questioning things already from this point and just not really happy with how things were going and what they were kind of thrusting him into. He would do his duty, but he wasn't really all down for this war that was going on and how they were being thrown into it as pawns of the Republic. And here we get to see that he's rationalizing things and saying that, well, he's just a clone commander and, you know, working within the perimeters built into his body and mind and thinking, well, that's just how they talk. And sure enough, that's true, but it really did become the case that he was a general of a war. The narration also covers the fact that the clone turned around and joined the group, all of them identical in their size, voice, and armor, except for distinguishing color trims. So that little detail in itself is also cool because we get to see how Anakin is now viewing the clones and seeing them all as these sort of militant beings, you know, just very almost drone-like, like an android, all in line, ready to go. And he's recognizing that they are human, but wondering if that they'll break their character in any certain time, maybe in the future, and maybe just be a little bit more personable. Now, after this is going to be a video that I'll be covering because right after this moment, Anakin goes to do something that Obi-Wan and the Council wanted him to do, which was to train younglings, funny enough. And that scene in itself is actually quite nice because it really goes over Anakin's relationship with the younglings 
quite extensively. And you're talking to different younglings, you know, from the point of view of Anakin and going over their questions about what may happen when you become a Jedi and other interesting questions that a youngling would have kind of like take your parents to school day where, you know, the kids interview the parents kind of thing or like ask what they do. The end of the page goes on to say, and then one final night with Padme, hopefully without politics or war, just husband and wife. And this is something the book drives home as well, is that Anakin is really just wanting to spend time with his wife. And he's kind of, at this point, I feel like he's just sort of caught in the middle of being a Jedi. But at the end of the day, the only thing he really wants is just to be at peace with Padme. I think he's truly happy at this point, and he's kind of just playing into this war because that's what everyone wants him to do but he's not really feeling it entirely. He thinks it's all kind of forced and it's not what he signed up for. That's at least the vibe I'm getting from some of the stuff in this book. I'm halfway through and I'm really enjoying the book so far, so make sure to check it out for yourself. I think you'll really enjoy it. And I will see you all in the next episode. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.